0: We need stories and we need connection more than ever we do we are stuck at home some of us are stuck in our fertility journey we are waiting for clinics to open we are waiting for our doctors to be more available we are waiting for our meds we are waiting for our chance and our turn and infertility is not something that went on pause when things shut down in March it's not something that ever goes on pause it is always there. And when you are going through it, it is always a low level hum underneath every other thought you have. Been There, Injected That is a TMI podcast about going through infertility and all the hormone injections, awkward moments, and nervous breakdowns along the way. I'm Elise Ash. Hi, <laughs> this is Elise coming at you from my closet. For season two of Been There Injected That, this is not what I pictured in my mind when I was daydreaming about recording season two of this podcast. I think this is probably the opposite (laughs) of what I had in mind. Um, I am currently sitting in the very narrow, very dark closet under my staircase at home because coronavirus. You guys, it is... Bleak in here, so bleak. There is mouse poop on the floor. There's a printer in my face. So, if Brad just decided to like start printing our taxes, um, that would ruin the podcast and also be very traumatic. There are cleaning supplies, there are plastic utensils. Um, this is really like the catch all in our house for like every random cleaning supply tablecloth um candle vase uh there's like old dvd collections of sex in the city there's booze it is like so chaotic under here it's unreal it is a very different vibe from the vibe that we had recording season one that vibe was more bougie for sure We recorded in downtown St. Paul in this nice recording studio and I had a lot of help from amazing people who knew so much more about podcasting and equipment and could help me navigate the headphones and the microphone and would get us hot tea and water. It was just like so much nicer than this like (laughs) really damp dark closet. It's so funny when we bought this house about five years ago. I remember thinking this was really charming, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, one day when we have kids, there you go, is everything when we bought this house was one day when we have kids. um, I just imagine they would want to like play in here and that it was going to be very Harry Potter like. And honestly, like I can barely fit in here, there's so much crap, and like my toddler would not want to come in here. (laughs) I guarantee it. Uh, It is horrible in here also very unsafe. There's like all kinds of cords and power outlets, and I should talk to Brad about like if there is a fire safety hazard in here. Anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge first that this episode and this season is going to sound different. We are in the middle of a pandemic, in case you missed the memo, and I think originally back in March, April, May, when I was still super naive and thought this was going to be like, oh yeah, easy peasy, we'll just have, you know, we have all this money and all these great minds and scientists all working on this. This will be easy peasy. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait to like go back record season two in our nice recording studio in downtown St. Paul. It's going to be so nice. So glad I don't have to figure out this like Zoom recording shit. Um, and ha ha ha, jokes on me. I am going to have to figure it out and I am going to figure it out. So... That said, the quality of this podcast is going to be different, different, not bad, not embarrassing, not horrible. It's going to be different than season one. And that is just a reality. And really I had to ask myself, you know, do I want to do this podcast perfectly or do I want to do it at all? And when I was asking myself that, I think what I really realized was we need stories and we need connection more than ever we do we are stuck at home some of us are stuck in our fertility journey we are waiting for clinics to open we are waiting for our doctors to be more available we are waiting for our meds we are waiting for our chance and our turn and infertility is not something that went on pause when things shut down in march it's not something that ever goes on pause it is always there and when you are going through it, it is always a low level hum underneath every other thought you have. So regardless of whether you're working, you were laid off, you're stuck at home, you're stuck with someone else, your relationship is in a specific place, uh, your healthcare is in a specific place. I mean, when you are dealing with infertility, it is just that low level hum. It just is. So for me, my goal is to keep telling stories, to keep sharing content to help provide tips and ideas and stories and structure and inspiration and education and all these different things that we're all looking for and that we're trying to cobble together and that we spend hours scrolling through Instagram um, looking for this type of camaraderie and connection and humor and joy and levity and compassion and empathy. There's just so much that we need right now. And I don't think this podcast is going to be delivering on all of that. That would be incredibly ambitious. But I do think if we're able to bring to light a lot of these stories and kind of come together, that's awesome. That's like the point of all of this. And so I really wanted to set the stage for season two and say the structure is going to be a little different. We are still going to have our guests. They will be recorded on Zoom Their quality might be choppy. There might be some in and out. There might be some words dropped. Appreciate your patience and grace as we navigate that. There's going to be some more episodes like this in the future. I think they're technically called like monologuing, which is funny because it implies that I have like a script. (laughs) That there's like a structure for this other than me really just trying to talk and connect with you through this incredible medium. To really tell you information about infertility, sure, but more than that, being able to tell you that you are not alone, that you are not the only one thinking about all this stuff, that you are not selfish, that you are not self-absorbed, that there is space for you and your pain and your grief, even if you're not winning the grief competition either in infertility circles or beyond, there is room and space for all of us for all of our stories, for all of our disappointments, for all of our specific circumstances. We are allowed to be sad. We are allowed to grieve. We are allowed to be confused and overwhelmed and anxious. I am all of those things every single day. And we will figure this out together. We will. And I'll say that the one thing I've been thinking about a lot... During this pandemic, is how infertility provided me with a lot of tools that I think have helped me during this time. And that's not to say I'm glad that we struggled. I'm not glad we had to go through IVF. I'm not glad that we had to go through all that poking and prodding and testing and disappointment and rounds of IVF. No, I am not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that the tools that I learned on how to care for myself how to care for the people in my life, how to talk to myself. Those tools have all been incredibly handy as we navigate this new normal, this new normal, blah, terrible. So sick of hearing that, but it's true. Like, and I can see how I can see a direct correlation between what I was doing when we were going through infertility and IVF and how I was managing every single day here because it was the same feeling it was the feeling of not knowing what was going to happen it was that fear it was the inability to plan inability to look forward to things feeling really stuck feeling like I didn't know what was around the next corner feeling a loss for everything that I was excited about this year we all felt all of these things Everyone, everyone across the world, we all were feeling stressed and scared and not safe. And like we had no idea what the future was even going to look like anymore. We were living not just day to day, it was minute to minute. And when you're dealing with infertility, that is a feeling you get really used to. You get really used to that waiting and sitting there in that discomfort. Quite literally, I am sitting in discomfort right now in this really, really cramped crowded chaotic dark closet. We'll be right back. Whether you're looking for a good luck charm for your next IUI or getting a little something for your cycle buddy on Instagram, check out our online shop. Discreet hopeful beanies, rainbow sweatshirts, we've got you covered whether you're loud and proud about your journey or keeping it under wraps for now. Check out shop.fruitfulfertility.org to see all our fruitful merchandise. Now back to the show. I think we all understand right now that the world is not normal. Things are disrupted. We are living in a time of uncertainty where there is no control, where there is no plan, where there is no vision into how things are going to shake out, how long this is going to last. Which does sound very similar to infertility when you think about it. I mean... Feeling out of control of our bodies. Feeling scared are our bodies going to protect us. Wondering how long this is going to last and what the other side of this experience is going to look like. How are we going to look back on this experience in one year, two years, five years? We don't know. And I think a lot of the things that people have been feeling anxious about, their health, not knowing what's going to happen, feeling really in the dark, feeling trapped, feeling like a lot of experiences they're used to are being taken away from them. These are things that the infertility community really understands and has understood for a long time. This idea of grief. The idea of grieving the way this year was supposed to look. We were supposed to go on a vacation. We were supposed to do this fertility treatment. We were supposed to Get ready for this huge life event, a graduation, an anniversary, something really important to us, and now that's tabled. These are real tangible losses, and they're things that we are dealing with all the time. They're also things that people dealing with infertility are used to dealing with. That doesn't necessarily make it easier, and it certainly doesn't make it easier if we are still going through infertility and we're waiting for treatments to start or we're waiting for a specific... Physician to see if we're waiting for a specific protocol, if we're waiting for a certain cycle day to start. All of that stuff, that waiting is so hard. But I do think we have a leg up when it comes to other people who are just starting to look at this and starting to realize they have no control over anything for the first time. So, this is anecdotal and completely not based on any scientific evidence, but as I've been having conversations with people, both in the infertility community and beyond, I've been noticing a theme. I'm curious to know if this is just a wacky idea I've had or if other people have noticed this too. I've noticed that the people in my life who've already dealt with anxiety and depression are people who are better equipped at dealing with this pandemic. They're people who already have the language around processing what's happening. They already have. An understanding of what works for them when they're feeling stressed and anxious. What's that secret mix of self-care that they need to find to feel better? And when I say better, I don't mean cured. I don't mean, you know, your anxieties disappeared. I just mean when you are in moments of crisis, how do you step out of yourself and out of that moment? How do you feel what you're feeling? Recognize as what's going on. And then find a way to move forward. And this is something I've noticed with people who have dealt with anxiety and depression. They have more tools because they've already done a lot of the work necessary to understand what they personally need to feel better. When the coronavirus first started surfacing and we were on lockdown, I think it was the second or third week of March. And we were panicking. I mean, we were home. We have... A toddler after our second round of IVF, and we were struggling to figure out as a family how to navigate this. Both Brad and I have full time jobs. Our daughter is not into screens, and this was something we were really trying to figure out. And it was a really tough, tough time, both for Brad and myself. But what I was seeing is that even though I'm always (laughs) the one in their relationship who has like the mental health challenges and is the one in therapy, and is the one um, talking about a lot of my anxiety, it really just meant that I had already worked through a lot of the grief and a lot of the feelings around no control, where Brad, even though he's seen as the one who has it all together, he had no idea how to process anything that was happening. And for me, that was a huge aha moment, because it really made me see that maybe I had learned a lot from my infertility story and experience. And I'm not saying at all, like, worth it. Like, everything happens for a reason. And I know a lot of people believe that. But what I'm trying to say is that a lot of the work I did on myself going through infertility, going through disappointment after disappointment and loss after loss, showed me how to deal with this ambiguity, how to deal with the lack of control, how to sit in the discomfort when other people haven't necessarily had to look at that they just they haven't they haven't had a lot of challenges or maybe they've learned how to uh, suppress a lot of those challenges either with alcohol or you know with going out or with you know a lot of social distractions out there so after the first week of being at home post pandemic second or third week of March I realized that I was going to need a note to myself I was going to need to talk to myself to get myself through this and to coach myself through the fear and the claustrophobia and the terror of not knowing what was going to happen, especially in those early days when we didn't know as much about the virus and we didn't really know how it traveled or what was going to happen or how to treat it. We weren't wearing masks. We weren't doing any of that stuff yet. We had no idea what we were up against. And I took a sheet of paper and I grabbed a Sharpie and I wrote a note to myself. And at the top it said, hi, Elise. Did you? and then I had a check mark bulleted list below it outlining all the things that help me feel better when I am in crisis or when I'm not feeling myself. These are the first things I try to do to make sure that I'm addressing some of my most basic needs. So my list said, "Hi Elise, did you drink water? Move your body. Do something creative talk to someone you love outside the house. Meditate or nap. Read. Breathe fresh air. Put your phone away. And that was it. I had this little list of things that I would go through every day. And if I wasn't feeling well, if I wasn't feeling loved, if I wasn't feeling safe, I would go through and almost like bingo, pick the items I wanted to work on that day, depending on my work schedule, Brad's work schedule, what was going on with our toddler, what was going on in the world, what was going on with my friends and loved ones, and I'd kind of pick them off. You know, some of them are easy. It's like drink water. Okay, cool. I can grab a glass of water. That's pretty easy to do. Get outside. Okay, maybe I don't have time today to take a 45-minute walk, but maybe I can go sit in the backyard and enjoy a little cup of tea or, you know, a podcast or something like that. So finding ways to meet my needs, because those are things I know make me feel better. I know creating something makes me feel better, whether it's, you know, a couple pages in a scrapbook, whether it's sitting down to write or journal, whether it's doodling, those are all, whether it's doodling or sketching, those are all things that concretely help me feel better. And so when I look at those that list and I see, okay, maybe I should be reading, maybe I should be putting my phone away, maybe I should be doing a 10-minute easy flow yoga class on my phone. Like, these are things that I know for a fact make me feel at least a little better. Do they solve anxiety and depression? No, of course not. They don't. They do not at all. But they can help get your mind straight when you're feeling a little lost or confused or overwhelmed or when you're in fight or flight. Because guess what? I was in fight or flight every single day for about four months, as I think... Most of this country has been. I mean, the crew that I roll with are pretty (laughs) type A and pretty intense, and we were all on high alert. We were not handling it well. We were stressed. We were not sleeping. We were not eating well. We were self medicating. And it was bleak in the beginning. It really was. And now I think we're starting to see how to really live within the rhythm of this pandemic and how can we find ways to control the things we can control? Because we can control some stuff, right? Sure, we can't control when a vaccine is available or what that looks like. We can't control if other people wear their masks. We can't control what types of groceries are necessarily available today or tomorrow or the next day. We can't control what our work schedule looks like necessarily. But there are some things that we can control. We can control what we're doing with our bodies. We can control what we're eating, if we're moving, how we're moving. We can control the types of media we consume. Is it helpful? Is it informative? Is it entertaining? Or is it distracting? And is it overwhelming? Is it not helpful? Is it making us feel badly? These are questions I ask myself all the time, especially around my own social media use. Is this helping me feel connected to people I love? Or is this making me feel not enough? Is this making me question my decisions as a woman, as a human, as a person, as a partner, as a friend, as a business owner? We are living in a really scary, intense time. Our bodies are in overdrive. We are stressed. We are scared. We are confused. And that is even on a good day. That's even like not on a day when our cycle was canceled or on a day where we got bad news about a medical test. The coronavirus is really forcing a lot of people to look at at their lives and the decisions they've made. And I think as a community, what we really need is to keep connecting with one another and keep supporting each other the last thing that we should be doing is self-isolating the last thing we should be doing is retreating we are all incredibly incredibly strong people we just are fertility warriors are the toughest people I know we are tough as fuck we are so tough we have taken so much shit that the universe has thrown our way so much disappointments loss Grief, horrible medical news, fights with our partners, misunderstandings with our family members. It is just relentless questioning our faith, questioning our bodies, questioning whether we're meant to be parents. I mean, these are really heavy, big questions that we are used to looking at. And we can't look away. We can't put it away. We can't put it in a drawer just because we feel overwhelmed and stressed. We need to look at it. We need to cling to each other. We need to find ways to feel better. And by better, I don't mean 100% happy. I don't mean 100% non-anxious. I mean more centered, more calm, more supported, more seen. What are some things we can be doing to do that? We can be listening to podcasts like this. We can be joining communities that understand us and see us. We can be talking to mental health experts from home, either via phone call or Zoom call or whatever that looks like. We can be talking to the people we love and trust and opening up to them in ways that feel good to us when and where we want to. We can be journaling and trying to articulate our feelings and trying to get to know ourselves better. We can be relieving some of this pressure we feel. We can be making appointments with our doctors, whether it be in person or via telehealth. We can be getting those tests done and learning more information about our bodies. There are things we can do during this time. We are not stuck. We are not trapped. We are powerful. We are going to get through this together. We need connection now more than ever before. Now is the time to share our stories, to connect with other warriors, to find what feels good in our bones and do that. This is what I'm hoping to do with this season of Been There Injected, that we are going to talk to many more people who live many more places who look very differently from one another. We are going to be talking to other fertility warriors, fertility professionals, holistic experts, people who know their shit and who want to tell other people about all the information they wish they'd known, That is the coolest thing about what we're building at Fruitful Fertility and also through this podcast, Been There Injected That. We are doing our best to help spread the word, get people educated, inspired, connected to the tools, resources, and information they need to make smart decisions about their reproductive health. We are here for you. We want to support you. We want to remind you that we are in this together And that even though this pandemic is affecting people differently the same way that infertility affects people differently, we are not alone. We do not have to figure this out alone. We can find ways to stay connected and support one another. We can. And that is what we are committed to on this podcast and with Fruitful, to be honest, too. So if you have topic ideas or guest ideas that you'd like us to cover in this season, please email us. You can email us at admin at fruitfulfertility.org please send us an email and let us know who we should be talking to what kinds of topics we should be discussing and what you'd like to hear from us we want to make sure we're adding value bringing you insights talking to industry experts and regular people who have gone through this and let us know what we're missing let us know what we could be doing better because we want this to be as helpful and awesome as possible so let us know again email us at admin at fruitfulfertility.org And thanks so much. In There, Injected That is produced by Fruitful Fertility and hosted by myself, Elise Ash. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review. Subscribe to get updates and visit our website at fruitfulfertility.org. Thanks for listening.